I'm Lucy. And I'm Linnea. And you're listening to First Impressionists, where we talk about all things art. our sixth episode already Linnea. wow that's crazy that's half a dozen yeah it <laughs> true <laughs> i remember how to do math oh that's good um, at least someone does yeah it's super exciting yeah pretty crazy um we have another guest this week last week we had keaton on and uh talked about some pretty cool paintings um, but this week, we're kind of going a different direction and talking about sculpture with our friend Alex. Welcome, Alex. Hey, Welcome. thanks for having me. <laughs> I feel like that's the proper intro response for his thanks for thanks having for me. Thanks for having so, me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. Um, so, let's start out with some introductions. Alex, sure. if you want to tell people a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am by no means a sculptor. I've had some really cool opportunities to be around some really, uh, at least in the state of Alaska and in the Northwest, some really well-known sculptists Hmm. um, and learn from them in some classes and stuff like that. So uh, understanding techniques and stuff is fun, but I am a business major, um, graduated, uh, let's see, two years ago, master's degree in business. Um, I work as a missionary with the campus uh, organization, and past that, I think that's most Where of my are you intro. From? I'm from Kenai. Kenai, Alaska. Oh, yes. yeah. Wow. Kenai representing on the podcast. I'm not yes. actually from there, but I did oh, graduate well, high school there. Same so. difference. <laughs> I, remember, I remember your sister. Yes, I remember your sister. Yeah, but we missed each other. Oh, well, now you're friends, so it all worked out. I'm just a little too old, but that's (laughs) okay. I'm a little too young. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Um, So, yeah, we're excited to talk about sculpture because Mm -hmm. we, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm super just, I guess, maybe unfamiliar with it. Yeah. I think about art, sometimes I, I mean, definitely, like, you think about, like the statue of David, mm-hmm. and it's definitely a super which we can important. talk about a little bit. Oh yes. Pretty fun. yeah, yes, it's you got like the pinnacle of the classical era is mm. David. Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely, it's definitely. Cool. But I don't know why sometimes my brain just maybe skips over sculpture as like a part of Western art. Yeah, I guess I have just never studied it. Yeah. too deeply yeah. and so maybe mm-hmm. there's just a lack of appreciation there but when I see a beautiful sculpture I think I do appreciate mm-hmm. it I just mm-hmm. yeah I maybe I just haven't spent the time so I'm sure. excited to talk about it and then spend the rest of the week looking up sculptures that we talk about <laughs> yeah. So, yeah no yeah. it'd be fun I had fun listening through you guys' podcast and uh, having you guys try to define what art is and then looking at poetry some different forms what arts you didn't like um i kind of skipped through that one a little bit but the rest <laughs> of them i listened to for the in, the majority of it and so i'm excited to get yeah. into a little sculpture yeah, yeah us too but let's back up a little bit because mm-hmm. earlier we were talking about well so yeah our first episode was about what is art yes mm-hmm. and um you had some interesting thoughts on that alex so let's i feel like it, this is a good question maybe to ask everyone because yeah sure i mean we it's, didn't get super yeah, we didn't close, get any- so we may as well ask <laughs> other people. Yeah, so, Alex, what is art? <laughs> sure. Um, this has been my understanding of how you would kind of define art, is that art is using different mediums for communication. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my quick um, and simple definition. Um, the follow-up is, is who you are communicating to, and what you're trying to communicate is subjective. Mm. And so the easiest way for me, just because I love music, is to look at music and a lot of artists um, that are phenomenal musicians and even writers of music. Um, a lot of them you will never hear about because they really don't care 
too much who's listening. Um, it, it's kind of interesting to me. It becomes more of an outlet for them to kind of, for them to perceive the world and try to make sense of it. Um, so they don't really care who's listening or, or in the sculpture or painting world might be um, who's seeing it or who's watching. But yeah, they, I think the easiest way for me to kind of wrap my head around it is there's words that will, will try to describe an event, a place like um, Lucy, you were talking about some of Van Gogh's um, paintings of different scenes and nature and stuff like that. Um, I can't adequately describe to you because I like hiking too. Mm-hmm. get up on the top of a mountain I don't know that I can adequately describe what it's like mm-hmm. up there in words yeah um, it's very at least for me it's very difficult um, now I can be very fluent in word and definition and maybe I can do a little bit better than my limited vocabulary um, but another way that I could do that is I could take a picture or I could do a painting or I could maybe it we have to shift out of maybe the mountaintop for sculpture and uh, and try to either recreate a scene or maybe a person for you to kind of analyze. Um, mm-hmm. So I would I would largely say that most most art can be wrapped up and it's just different mediums trying to find a way to communicate mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, if they care who's listening might change, but that's my quick quick mm-hmm. definition or thought. Yeah. I really like that definition because I think one thing we've talked about a lot, for me, I love languages Mm -hmm. and learning languages. And so to me, sometimes when I think about art, I think about it as like a language and what is this person trying to say by the way that they've used light or um, by like the different people that they've highlighted or something like that or, you know. Mm -hmm. So I really, yeah, I really like that definition a lot because I think definitely and kind of like the more art you see, it, it does sometimes, to me, it feels like learning a language a little bit, learning mm-hmm. to speak a different, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really like the the fact that you use the word communication in the definition. Um, I think that's really important, and I think I, I touched on this in our episode about what art is a little bit, but I think there really is this community aspect of art and the interaction between the artist and the people that view it Mm. and um, I think that's a big part of what makes it art because if I just make a bunch of beautiful paintings in my bedroom and that's where they stay and no one ever sees them then Mm -hmm. I think it would be very difficult to argue that it is art because Mm. I'm the only person that sees it and I, I created it and so I think that communication aspect is super important. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but it was the discussion around Van Gogh um, because he wasn't recognized when he was alive. Um, in contrast to, we'll look at a sculpture in a little bit of someone who was really well recognized for what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at Van Gogh and say, okay, At some level, did he care who was seeing it? Mm. Now, would he have appreciated it? Yes. I I think it would be hard to argue against if Van Gogh, you know, was offered, hey, your art's going to get famous and uh, you're going to make a bunch of money. Do you want that or do you want to live the life that he largely lived? Mm. Instead, he probably would have taken the recognition. Mm. Um, But the evidence of his life said that he didn't, it's not that he didn't care, but despite the fact that he, at the yeah. time not many people were seeing it or no one was seeing some of them, um, it didn't change the fact that he kept painting, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting to me. So I think at some level, yes, it, it is um, it's heavily, it's, it's a heavy form of communication, but sometimes that form of communication is just for me. Mm. And so like in the same way that I might, um, this might sound random, but I might journal my thoughts, like write stuff down. If I'm like struggling with something or just trying to better understand something, at least for me to put it in my own hands, mm-hmm. it, it helps my brain like comprehend it. Mm-hmm. And so for whatever reason, like this is the same with like studying for tests or something that I'm just really interested about. If I listen and watch, um, I can get a pretty good like like uh, the 10,000 foot view 
kind of like the sifting off the top, but as soon as I put it in my hands, try to do it, or I write about it, it my brain somehow understands it a lot better. Mm. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious in that, and I don't want to stay here forever, but meaning on this topic, but uh, <laughs> we, we can hang out and talk for as long as you guys want to. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that would be kind of interesting to me is if no one sees it, is it still art? Because mm. um, did, did it benefit the artist? Mm. And, and, but if it benefits the artist, it's like a practice almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it still art? I don't know. That's so I would interesting. probably argue that it is, yeah. but I'm not sure. And if you look at art as communication, and like you were talking about journaling, like Man. you are using, when you're journaling, you're taking your own thoughts, which you already have in your brain, but you're communicating them in a different way. Yeah. But it's mm. to yourself, Man. or to yourself and God. Mm-hmm. And so it's still communication. It's just like yeah. more, yeah. yeah. But I, no, I, I see what you're saying, Lucy. So it's kind of... Mm. It's at least got me thinking a little bit mm. more. So, anyways. Super interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Very cool. I think, yeah. Now I feel like I need to take back what I said. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. You know, all this stuff. At some point, I think we can, we can get to a best definition, maybe. Um, but at some level, it is going to be subjective. So, right. Oh, yeah. And that's right. okay. Definitely. Which that's is totally good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be art if it had one simple definition. It yeah. would be much more boring. True. Yeah. True. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, cool. should we move on to sculpture? Yeah. Sure. And um, it's I I've been really enjoying this like talking to different people about their their favorite like piece of art. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would you say that this thing we're gonna talk about is your favorite? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. Um. It's so interesting because, so last week we had our mm-hmm. first guest, and the first episode, Lucy and I talked about our favorite pieces of art, yeah. and then Keaton, when he was describing his, like, the reasons that it was his favorite were so different than the yes. reasons that ours were our favorite, and so yeah. I'm really excited to, like, keep having this conversation with people. But anyways, sure. tell us about... <laughs> Farnes Heracles, or Weary Hercules, or Heracles, um, dude, it kind of runs by a couple different names depending on which copy you're looking at. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty fun. Um, I'm going to take a step back into, and this will make sense when we get a little bit deeper into this sculpture mm. specifically. Mm. Um, but I'm going to take a step back into why I think that this sculpture is worth talking about, um, or it's a good example for sculpture. So. This is really interesting to me. Uh, you can Google this, and it'll blow your mind if you haven't before. But when you analyze paintings and art, and you look at something, and it's super obvious and abstract stuff, is that you'll see these people stand in front of art pieces and say, oh, this makes me feel like this, or mm. like this. And uh, someone who wouldn't be in the art world would probably say, Everybody's crazy because mm. they're feeling this thing and all I see is a circle and a square mm-hmm. and two and two colors. So why is this emotion coming up with this thing? Mm-hmm. So you can actually do this yourself. It's super fun, but you basically can write a grid out of all the different emotions we so whether it's anger, whether it's happiness, um, whether it's stress, any of those and you can quadrant out kind of different emotions mm-hmm. and it's super fun to do we did this in our class and he or she the professor said okay now i want you guys to close your eyes kind of wipe your mind blank and i want you to put your pencil down in that quadrant and mm-hmm. we're going to focus on a thought or memory to that best brings about that emotion mm-hmm. so you'd sit there and focus and they said okay don't pick your pencil up but start doodling and so you do, and you kind of go through each quadrant and do this little thing, and each one's only like 30 seconds, mm-hmm. super quick. And then we went, okay, everybody stop, and we're going to pin all of these to the wall. Mm-hmm. And you pin them to the wall, and all of a sudden, it's the, it's the scariest, weirdest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But like all the ones that look angry look the same. All the ones that are like stressed and happy look the same. Mm-hmm. It's really, really weird, at least to me. 
Yeah. So, but you can Google it and watch ever, you'll do yours and then Google it and go, okay, show me the, you know, emotions related to different types of um, drawing and it, I would be very surprised if yours are very different than what you'll find other places. Hmm. So that's why I think when you start looking into just, you know, you're staying in the two-dimensional world on, on canvas, you can all of a sudden have this ability to communicate different emotions without words. So now at some point you go, um, okay, so the two-dimensional is really cool. I want to jump into three-dimensional because I can't quite fully grasp what's going on in the two-dimensional or I don't have high enough technique, which is me, and uh, in the two-dimensional. So, I mean, a painting can look super in-depth, super detailed. Um, I can't do that. I, I really can't. But three-dimensional is super fun. And so you step out of that and you can step into, okay, um, we can look back through history and different um, kind of ages of art. And um, I don't want to go back super to the beginning, but we can start in kind of the classical era, which you mentioned David. Um, it's, David was kind of the pinnacle, at least in the sculpting world, of what would be going on for sculptors. But what that actual sculpture did, because it was in a public park, basically. Really? Yeah. Mm. So it would have been. Wow. I'm trying to remember if it's a side. Of, it was behind a, a grand building, but mm. the general public could see it. Wow. Mm -hmm. And what this did, so you have to. Um, this is like the pinnacle of what would later be the Olympics, like these kind of games that are going on uh -huh. through mm -hmm. Greece. Well, there's this David and all these athletes and society is looking at this thing that says, okay, this is our definition of perfect. So David on a mathematical level is deemed the, the portions like his head to his shoulder ratio and mm -hmm. like every human body is different. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. But if we were to say what is perfection, David mathematically was supposed to be it. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. And so everybody kind of like you, at least in society for men, because he's a male figure, you would look at that and say, okay, that is my, my, I am, I fall short or, or, or achieve what a perfect person is supposed to be based off this mm. unachievable standpoint, right? Like our level. Um, there's some technique stuff that goes in in with him. It's really cool um, and it and I'll bring it up just because it applies to weary Heracles this other one um, but the techniques that they used he's the sculpture is actually in perfect balance, too wow. um, And so what that would mean in the classical era there was always one foot and Forgive me, I don't remember if it was the left or the right, because they were all made in bronze first. Really? Mm. Yeah. Well, the majority of them were. Would be cast in bronze, and then those, the majority of those got destroyed. Um, but they'd be cast, and then the molding process that someone would then go back and copy in the marble, mm -hmm. it, it like flipped it. So I can't remember if it's the left or right foot that's forward, but basically... And you'll, you'll notice this if you look up like um, classical or ancient sculptures. A lot of times one of the two foot feet are busted off and it can still stand. It's really interesting. But David in himself, because of his posture, if you knocked out one of his legs, he would still stand. Really? Yeah. So for, for David, it would be his right foot. Okay. So basically wow. the weight distribution where his torso is set where the majority of his weight is leaning, he right. can stand on one leg. Wow. That was like very long period of time in art. All the, you know, defined rules of being a sculptor had to revolve around those kind of parameters. This is mm -hmm. the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, then this guy named Lysippos, um, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, he, uh, he kind of broke the mold. He was pretty well known in his time period. He's the one who originally we give credit to for Weary Heracles. Mm -hmm. um, but he kind of broke out of the classical era. He almost changed societal norms, mm. at least when we look through history. I, I would say most of the time, society influences art. Mm. 
And from at least what I've read, this might be one of the few times it went the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so that to me in itself makes this something like super, super interesting. Um, it's also the most copied piece of art in uh, known history when it comes to um, sculpture. Mm. Um, so the, the quick things that make it really unique, uh, number one, is if you knock out, so first off, if you took the club, so if you Google Google an image of Barney's Heracles, F-A-R-N-E-S-E, and then Hercules, or Weary Heracles, you kind of get an image of this guy. There's a club he's leaning on. Now, because of the weight of the marble, if you were to remove that club, he would fall over. Mm-hmm. That was very, very unique. At least from um, what I've learned and seen in Western art, this is the one of, if not the one of the first examples where that happened. So all of a sudden, he's already broken one rule. Is that mm-hmm. this guy should be able to stand almost on one leg. And now he couldn't even stand on two legs if this club was mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. The next part is that his, his actual proportions. Um, Lysippos was really famous for making his people with really small heads. Um, mm-hmm. Why he did that, there's um, some speculation on stuff. Um, some people, it was like deemed on their status. So they would say, you know, a lot of the sculptures in the classical era were like kings and, uh, you know, these great like Greek gods and goddesses and stuff like this. Hmm. And uh, they were kind of like these high elevated people. And so they really, really like renowned or known for what they knew, things going on in their head. Um, and so maybe this is him trying to communicate. These are people that that's not what they're known for. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Um, I think like personally just looking at it, and this is an uneducated opinion, but I look at it and it just makes the sheer mass of him that much more dramatic. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Sir Hercules, and I'll probably use that for the rest of this just because it's an easier word. Mm-hmm. But Hercules, we kind of known as this Greek hero, mm-hmm. later god, who was just known for his enormous strength. Mm-hmm. And so you have this guy that all of a sudden he steps away from De- David, who we would define his build as like a 400 meter runner. Mm-hmm. He's like got muscle and he can move, but he's not like, you might be scared to, you know, meet up in him with an in an alley but Mm -hmm. at the same time if Hercules comes by and he's on your team you're going to feel just fine yeah so Hercules is all of a sudden this huge person yeah also society would say that the big muscular guy was less attractive Mm -hmm. because they were usually in a culture and an industry that deemed that they had to use their body to make a Mm. living so they weren't known for their mind they were like sailors or, you know, they moved stone. They right. did something that made them really bulky. Mm-hmm. So that was less desirable. So, But that's kind of the story, at least. Uh, he's just known to be a really strong person. Right, right. So, right. so okay, we got to have him. The proportions are going to get all messed up. Because mm. he's this, like, larger-than-life human, right? So you've already got some things broken. Um, the next rule is probably when you look at David... Who is David is largely designed to be seen from the front. Mm. So his sculpture and everything, um, a lot of times, and you can look through this in in uh, different like Western like old buildings and stuff. They'd actually stick these sculptures. I don't believe David was one of them, but the majority of them were set in to like a um, oh like old yeah like a cut out in a corner of a building Mm -hmm. or outside Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. though you could kind of go behind him and maybe see what he looked like in on the back and his shoulders and stuff like that um that really wasn't meant how he's wasn't how he's designed to be seen and so the majority of his posture is set up for you to get a general like an 85 percent of what's going on what the sculptor's trying to communicate Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at it in the front. Again, Lysippos wants to show off and says, I want you to see this thing on 360. Mm. I want you to be walk around it. 
So all of a sudden, Weary Heracles, his feet are almost straight in line with each other, which then poses his shoulders to turn even more. Mm. And he sticks one of his two hands behind his back. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. So when you look at him in the front, at least for me, I look at it, I see the Lions Club, I'm like, he's leaned over, holy cow, this guy's huge and jacked. Next thing I say, what's in his hand? Oh. I'm, I'm curious. And so all of a sudden, if I see this thing, I want to walk behind it. Hmm. And so all of a sudden, he's going, okay, I've spent so much time on his back, and no one's ever going to see it. i got to make a way for them to want to go see it. Uh-huh. Wow. Right? Wow. And so and, and he's, he's basically taking and playing with the story of Hercules and how he had to do these 12 tasks, mm-hmm. and one of them is to go get these golden apples. And he sticks the three golden apples in his hand behind his back. Oh, interesting. Okay. Super, super cool. So all of a sudden you're looking at Hercules and he's breaking a lot of rules. Yeah. But it's it's already making you appreciate it in a different light than maybe David. Now, Mm -hmm. David's still incredible. Don't get me wrong. It is mathematically probably the pinnacle. Mm. Yeah. But all of a sudden Hercules, there's so much more going on. Mm-hmm. At least to me, and so I, I, I'm all of a sudden man, like, what is going on? And it makes me want to walk around it and figure out these different things. So, anyways, um, I can keep talking, but I'm trying to. <laughs> like, but what are you, what are you guys thinking so far? So many things I wouldn't have thought about, yeah, <laughs> unless you had described it. Yeah, yeah. What you're saying about man, like wanting to, like. The whole thing of him putting his hand behind his back. Yeah, that's so interesting. So interesting. And that he really Mm -hmm. embraced the fact that this is a three, like this is 3D. So like Mm -hmm. this should be a complete, like he embraced that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's really, really fascinating. Um, Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really like what you said about balance. Mm -hmm. I guess, I don't know. I mean... When you look at the statue of David, mm-hmm. you're supposed to think, well, yeah, I mean, that's like perfectly proportioned. Yeah. But it's interesting what you said about um, Heracles being modeled after someone in a certain profession, maybe, um, and how the statue of David then would represent someone not only who has perfect balance in mm-hmm. his body, but also between body and mind. Sure. And I never yeah. would have thought about it that way, but even well, you, even the biblical you, character, that's probably true. I don't know. That's yeah. just interesting. Mm-hmm. I had never thought about it that way. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and to, in light, you look at Hercules, his, his story, mm-hmm. and he's notoriously known for being so powerful, and then, but not quite getting it all together and what's going on in his head right. makes a lot of stupid decisions yeah um and so maybe that's like another layer that's going on and you're getting to pick up on um i was listening to a commentary on this sculpture one of the things that they found really interesting in this sculpture is for a guy that's so big and so powerful, he looks exhausted. So tired. Mm. And he's so able to tired. capture that so yeah. well. So he's leaning over on this thing that if you remove, he'd fall over. Yeah. So you have this story, and there's there's a couple different ones. I don't want to like bring up all of them, but basically these tasks that were given to him, he's, the story is you know his father, he accidentally kills his kids, and then, well, not accidentally but then is now put, he's kind of punished by being put under a king, an earthly king. Mm-hmm. He says, you must do any 12 things for this king. Mm-hmm. And so he's like basically showing, you know, a couple of them are in display here that he's already done and he's exhausted. He's mm-hmm. doing these impossible tasks to re- regain his freedom and he is exhausted for a guy who's so powerful and so big. He's mm-hmm. exhausted. Dude, yeah. so, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. The other part that would, it kind of adds to uh, the coolness of this sculpture for me hmm. is where it, um, where it uh, resided for most of its uh, standing uh, lifetime. So when it was made. Hmm. 
and it would it was in a I think it's called the baths of I'm trying to remember it's not Constantinople I'm looking on my computer I don't see it but basically it was put in an area that was like um, a modern day gym hmm. meets uh-huh. like bath meets library super interesting but But this location was set up for you to have like a recentering of person wow you center the mind you center the body and like you're back in balance to enter back into the world perform at you know your utmost ability so so basically one of the branches of this building was a modern day gym which to me when I first found out I was blown away I'm like what like I don't know why it surprised me that they had gyms back there but they did I guess ancient Greece you would go to the gym Mm. it was just a thing well in the middle of this gym was this statue wow and so now you have all these people Haida society training for modern day Olympic games Mm -hmm. with this bulky like massive example in front of you instead of the lean david interesting super super interesting but what ended up happening is in all these games it was very typical for whoever won to dedicate the win to a god like a a greek mythology Mm -hmm. god this was one of the first examples where people wouldn't dedicate the win to the god but to the statue of the god. Really? Oh. Because they said every time that I sat in a gym and was working out to figure out the equivalent of shot put, you know, I was looking at this guy going, man, his shoulders, I would be able to push this thing so much farther if I can target that area or whatever. So they're looking at, and they understood it's not like an idol of the time. It was... It was understanding, okay, so this guy is supposed to be the pinnacle of strength. So mm-hmm. he's not perfect balance. He's the perfect the example of strength. Mm-hmm. I want to be strong. So interesting. So huh. all of a sudden, and it was kind of cool, the art that surrounded, it was uh, would be low-relief art in the walls of this place and stuff. All the figures weren't even painted like the David the Perfect portions. They were painted and what would have been more realistic portions hmm. closer to a real life person hmm. or closer to hercules than like the perfect hmm. proportions which is super interesting yeah there's a lot of implications um one of them is that like hercules is maybe a little bit more identifiable to than a david mm-hmm. yeah because he's not perfect proportions and I don't, there's very few people in the entire world that would mathematically fall in, oh, they're very close to perfect proportions. Right. Uh, right. Maybe one out of a million. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, for the vast majority, hmm. it's like all of a sudden I can relate to this thing that much more. Hmm. So there's yeah. a lot of things that he's doing in this sculpture that have not been done before, but quite literally transform you know, an art industry or a culture, bringing it into a new age, but arguably highly influenced, but then became a societal norm at the same time. This it's is, insane. This is so interesting, the way that this sculpture transformed the view of humanity in the art world, because, again, to compare to David, David mm-hmm. is a human being, and he looks perfect. He is sure. the ideal and then there's this sculpture of Heracles, mm-hmm. who is half god, half man. So not fully human, but still mortal. Mm-hmm. And he is very strong, yeah. but again, he looks very tired mm-hmm. um, and burdened by these challenges and his life um, and trying to find a balance of things. and. That's such an interesting shift in how they're presenting mm. humanity. Mm-hmm. Okay, the David was <laughs> sculpted much later than this. Oh. Like over a thousand years. Later after? Yeah, because okay. the David is a renaissance. And this You're is right. the classical. But 
I still think it's a good comparison because the Renaissance period is based on the classical yes. Greek yes. period. Yeah. So, and if you look at classical Greek sculpture, most of them are similar to David in that they're proportionally mm-hmm. perfect. They're lean. They yeah. don't look like him. Right. No. So it's still right. a good comparison, but yeah. No, yeah. thank you. But for that. Uh, uh, actually, also interesting to me that like this self awareness that. Lysippos had of like what is a like the human putting the humanity into this like mythological mm-hmm. figure mm-hmm. came before the renaissance which yeah. is kind of the time that I identify with like putting more humanity into the like mythical mm-hmm. or like heroes mm-hmm. I don't know right. if that makes sense so I, I, yeah I think it's actually kind of fascinating that this mm-hmm. came See, that's interesting because when I look at Renaissance art, I think it's beautiful, but I it's also very hard for me to identify with it. Mm-hmm. Like, are you talking about like gothical era or so like Michelangelo? Yeah. Okay. So like sure. um, the creation of Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David. Like everything is it's an, it's an incredible era of art, but to mm-hmm. me, it's always very mathematical and calculated and. There is a human element, but it also I don't I don't know. I definitely don't connect with it in the mm. same way that I do a lot of art, like maybe the impressionists like Van Gogh. That feels very human, human to me in a way that Renaissance art doesn't. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, but it is interesting that I don't know. I feel like the farther back it goes, sometimes the more the harder it is for me to connect to it in some ways. And the same goes for studying history. I think it's really hard for me to put myself in the place of a medieval peasant, for example. Whereas I can look at someone in the 1900s and maybe it's a little bit easier to connect. And I do the same thing with the art world. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that this this sculpture of Hercules is easier to connect to than something that came after it. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, that's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that's art maybe mimicking society and yeah. the things that they valued during the Renaissance era changed what they valued in art. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. So you were saying like this impacted society, like whereas usually we associate like, okay, society is impacting art. This mm-hmm. art impacted society Um, quite potentially okay okay yeah interesting so at least from from what i've like read and studied it it is come into question basically because it would have been like there's an ideal there's a perfect figure and that this and and that's kind of why i draw on david but uh but the same principles were true of like classical greek sculpture for sure for sure Mm -hmm. and so you you step out of okay there was a a perfect being a perfect mm. portion and you're stepping out of okay that's that's great maybe there's like a goal we set but it's not achievable it's mm-hmm. not real world and so now he's stepped into a, a sculpture that's a little bit more relatable because it's like it feels achievable or real yeah if that makes sense so interesting yeah hmm. no sculpture is cool to me because there's there's an ability to I mean, art, art in general is so falling back on this like communication stuff. Um, like paintings have the ability to communicate either information or an emotion. It's true. Sculpture, I think you can do the same thing, but there might be even more freedom to go deeper, I mm. think. Mm. Um, yeah, basically in the positioning and stuff like that, you can kind of draw a few more things out. I don't know. I could be wrong, and I'm probably just biased. But uh, <laughs> but sculpture can be pretty cool. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, could you talk <laughs> a little bit about how this was made? Because that was super interesting to me. Sure. So um, Lysippos of the time largely did not create anything that you see. Marble was very likely almost. Um, 
almost indefinitely not from the original sculptor we give them credit for. Hmm. Um, typically what happened is they would make a maquette um, and this could be out of clay or plaster, largely they were plaster. Um, and then it would be handed to a servant or someone that was studying under them who was lesser of a name, would take that and he would say, okay, go make this two and a half foot thing 10 feet tall. Here you mm -hmm. go, go make it. And so then they would take, you know, measuring tools and they would go out and take a solid piece of marble and 10 years plus of their lives was That's mathematically going through and recreating these things. Insane. Wow. Yeah. And we were talking about before we were recording this, a lot of, they'll say Western art and sculpture, they'll say a vast majority of it will never know what it looked like because a lot of it was actually cast in bronze in early Greek mm. and so they would make it out of plaster or something and then they'd make a mold of it and then they would pour that mold with bronze and so you'd have these bronze statues mm. so that would happen but then fast forward through history wars come up cannons need to be made and so they'd melt down these statues we also talked about just briefly that as the Catholic Church kind of hit its pinnacle in power um, they basically looked at most of these sculptures and call them idols. Mm. And uh, so what that meant to them is that they shouldn't be there to tempt people to worship these things that weren't God. And uh, so the only ones that survived um, that were bronze were protected by the church because someone convinced the church that it was a Christian saint so it was David, it was, you know, Peter, it was something like that. Whether it was or not, mm -hmm. that's how they stayed a bronze statue and right. stayed existing. Right. How so, do, do we know how this one survived? So the marble one or the bronze, there isn't a bronze one. There isn't a bronze one. There's not just not that I know of. I, the only one that I know of is this marble one, which was recreated off of the... This is the, basically the most complete one okay. that we know. Mm -hmm. But even if you look at him, his major feature that's not original is actually his left hand. So we actually don't... Now, off of some of the really small copies, we have a good idea of what his left hand looks like, and that's mm -hmm. what we see now. Um, but we actually don't 100% know what, what Lysippos designed his left hand oh, looks like. He could have been holding something else. He could have been. Yeah. Could have March, been another yeah. golden apple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it likely was what we see, but yeah. it is possible. Yeah. So, anyways. Wow. Interesting. So, yeah, someone else made it out of marble. and, uh, and When it, was the marble one made? Do we know? Uh, we can look it up. This is so fascinating that there it might be totally different than it says fourth century. So the original. Hmm. The original was made wow. in the fourth century BC. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. Isn't that insane? Mm -hmm. yeah. That yeah. stuff like this was happening in the fourth century BC. I know. It's wild. crazy. Wild. Yeah. Um, but the we don't know when the marble copy was made. Yeah, not okay. not precisely that. It was pretty common for the artists who would, especially on these marble ones, um, would put their name by it because they probably took them a large significant portion of their lives to do. Mm -hmm. So they wanted at least a little recognition. So the one on this that was found was a Glycon, G-L-Y-K-O-N. Um, huh. I do not know much about him. But I, I know he had a lot of But we know you made this, Glycon. <laughs> yes. Glycon. Thank you for your contribution to, to art. When did yeah. Glycon live? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's so Glycon. It's pretty pretty interesting. I mean, the, like this copy of it, the most complete one we know of, um, actually was found in a ruin. Uh, a king was looking to build a new castle, and... Uh, and he went to an ancient ruin, sent his men to go to an ancient ruin to pick up all these extra stones, make a new castle, and they came back and said, hey, there's all this old art smashed to bits laying wow. around. And this was one wow. of them. Well, so, I'm glad he didn't <laughs> smash it further. Yeah. Yes, he could have. They found it. It's pretty cool. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Sometimes the way that we discover old art is just miraculous. Like, 
It's pretty crazy. That shouldn't yeah. have happened. So but, true. Um, Good thing it did. <laughs> the other thing that'll be forever kind of ingrained in my brain is this bronze stuff. If most of the old stuff was made in bronze in the bronze era and then was melted down, yeah, every time insane. I see a cannon, I'm like, what were you before? Like, wow. <laughs> it was pretty cool. So mm. we'll never just know. Think about but... all the, it sucks to think about all the art that we lost. Man. Yes. Yeah. It's uh Dang. I, I choose to be positive and try to think about not that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Because yeah. uh, yeah. you even, you just go into painting world and it and it probably compounds exponentially. Oh so. my goodness! Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All the art we've lost <laughs> to war. Oh my goodness! Crazy. Terrible. Yeah. Wow! 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 No, it's fun. You you to watch the kind of different mediums you have low relief and high relief so you start on on paintings and you go to low relief which is basically they would take these plaster or wax panels that were flat and carve out in and you could get these 3d kind of views hmm. um, a good Ooh. example of this would be gates of paradise um, and you can look it up it's it's a door but in the door is the entire story of the old testament Whoa! Yeah, and it is and each panel, so beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy. Each panel is basically the summary. There's stuff in each of them. Um, oh wow! That would basically try to summarize an entire book of the Bible. No way. Pretty insane. But when you look at this and compare it to, um, let's see here, Gates, uh, Gates of Hell. So this is another door, but now you went into what would be high relief, which means they actually added something to it. So it didn't start flat and then carved down. They started flat, went down, and then took some extra stuff and stuck it on the outside. Hmm. So they put a sculpture on top of it. The door has these like souls or demons coming out of it. Ooh. And so they went. it went forward. Okay, so now we went from... A drawing to low relief, high relief, mm -hmm. and then, okay, let's get out of the flat plane entirely, and you jump into wow. sculpture. Um, probably low relief stuff is one of the most insanely, like, intricate, delicate things to me, because it's almost like carving a painting. Mm -hmm. And low relief is what we're talking about with, like, the Gates of Paradise. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like so. Yeah. There's nothing added. He started flat and carved down. So if wow. you actually, you can look up pictures of it. If you see a side angle shot, there's actually nothing that comes forward. Everything goes back into the door. Yeah. But so when you look difficult. at it straight on, you can almost see three or four depths of plane. So yeah. it looks wow. like you're looking at an actual view into something. And so there's some really cool actual scans of it, so you get a better perspective wow. of what it looks like. But it's a door that exists that you can just walk around and see um, still, is. which is still insane. But it's kind of interesting to look at those different mediums. So this would qualify as sculpture still. Yep. Wow, um, wow, wow, wow. And then you kind of go into, a, this is a total shift in, in kind of conversation, but you walk into more modern art and the rise of like digital art which has the capacity to i don't i don't know if it'll supersede everything mm. um but it it has just brought a whole new medium yeah, yeah absolutely with. like a new um almost a new dimension if we went from two sure. dimension to three dimension yeah yeah so yeah. we've yeah, we've wow. entered a kind of new realm and it this is you can kind of this is business business cap on is you kind of go, okay, so when you design a logo, I love like figuring out little logos and stuff like that mm -hmm. to make your trademark recognizable, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So you come by it in a glance and it makes you either think or feel something mm -hmm. that in three seconds you'll remember it. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, you're trying to do something super simple. Mm -hmm. You don't want a ton of noise. Yep. You just want to tie one emotion, one thought, one understanding. That's it. So you have logos like a Nike swoosh mm -hmm. that we associate certain things with yeah. now. Right. Right. So you have stuff like that. When you get into sculpture or even painting, 
in a first like three second glance you're probably not even going to catch the whole or maybe you might not even catch the intent of whatever was made yeah and mm-hmm. so yeah. it's kind of interesting you can watch attention span like average attention span does that dictate so did our society then dictate the art mm-hmm. and say we got to simplify because our attention spans are so much shorter mm-hmm. and so has art shifted because of that um or does the crazy dimensional I'm going to spend 15 years of my life making this one thing still exist. Mm. Uh, for some people, it still does. But that, that market of person right. that appreciates that thing gets smaller and smaller. And I think people are also huh. more commonly discouraged from becoming artists and devoting their lives to that just yeah. because of yep. money. Um, but... Quick side note, when I was in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, I saw a copy of The Gates of Hell, and I could stare at that thing all day. Really? It yes. was incredible. Wow. Like, there, I could not get enough of staring at it. Yeah. Um, also, this is super random, but do you guys think 3D printing is sculpture? Does that count? <laughs> if you design it yourself? Interesting. It's a different medium. It could be. I, I, w- I would argue that it could be. I've not. I don't know. Does it? Count? I'm not familiar with it. You know, but yeah. Why not? I mean, is it any different from? Okay, it is different. But with with um, Lysippos, am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. He contracted out his vision to a person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you think if he had the option to use a 3D printer, he would have? I'm pretty sure he yeah. would have. <laughs> would have yeah. saved someone ten years of their life. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's totally possible. It's kind of the same thing. So Zion, if you ever listen to this, you can be an artist, my man. Oh, yeah. 3D printers. Yes, He plays with, well, he uses, I won't say play, he uses 3D printers all the time. Yes. So. Yes. So insane. Follow your dreams, Zion. (laughs) Become You can become the the next Rodan. Yeah, there you go. Oh, goodness. Pretty fun. Wow, I really need to learn more about sculpture now. It's, yeah, it's the level, I, here's the thing. So when you work with something that you can add and, sub, and subtract from. So Lysippos, when he made the original, would have done it this way. So he used clay, because when I cut, ooh, I cut away too much. All right, well, we'll just mm. fill the hole back in, start over. Can't do that with marble. No. You can't do it with wood. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like even architecture, where you see these people that are like experts in their crafts. I go in and like carve into wood this elegant design or whatever. It has to be perfect the first time. Mm. Yeah. Because it can't go back and add it. Wow. And so it, you you watch construction. There's this like little saying, and my my dad is does a lot of carpentry. It's always measure twice, yeah, cut once, and mm. if you're gonna error, error long because you can go back and trim it. Mm-hmm. Like those things become very true. So all of a sudden, a sculpture. So. I don't know, you guys might know, but like a Van Gogh painting, how long did it take him to do it? No idea. Not no a idea. Uh, yeah, I don't it'd know. Be, it would be very interesting. I know a lot of modern artists that... I would that say not nearly <laughs> as long as a sculpture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know a lot Maybe of Maybe a pe- day or two. Yeah, a lot of modern artists who will copy Van Goghs mm-hmm. will say that they can do a Van Gogh in the morning. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, like, he would go watch a sunrise and paint, so I'm assuming... That's about how long it took him, yeah. especially wow. as he honed his craft. Yeah. So. And so you get into this mode of, well, even in painting, okay, I put a clump, clump of red somewhere and wow, that was way too much red. Mm-hmm. Well, I can continue to add more because technically right. you're adding. Right. Mm-hmm. You and with oil paint, you can scrape it off yeah. and add something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So sculpture, all of a sudden, it the first version, maybe you can do that. So the... The one that was done in clay or wax, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but or plaster, right? But now you walk into these other mediums. It was pretty. Uh, there's some scriptural references into this, but um, it was pretty normal for people who were making these out of marble, marble later in history, mm-hmm. that if they accidentally struck too hard and broke something off, that they could take basically the the uh, the dust from that marble with the wax 
and mix it and kind of glue stuff back on. Oh, interesting. But you could hold these sculptures up to the light and see if and you could see the wax because it would uh, actually almost glow. Right. And so, yeah, anyways, I don't know why I went on that rabbit trail, but it's actually super, super interesting. No, that's yeah, wow, that's crazy. I mean, even going back to the statue of David, sometimes, I mean, when people were creating that many marble statues during the Renaissance period, the statue of David is not small. So there were, I think, I think that was the only piece of marble they could find that would fit the proportions of David at that time. So yeah. if you mess it up, then yeah, you're that's really... it. So it's not even the stakes are so high. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's the the amount of pressure <laughs> connected to that. I'm just no. Wow. I'm glad someone else did it. But, yeah. Wow. No kidding. It's like a level of craftsmanship that is so cool, yeah. and we just don't have in our time. Yeah. Like our the world that we yeah. live in now, everything's so replaceable, and yeah. everything's so fast. Yeah, and that, that's the thing about digital art is I, and I'm not trying to rag on it, I think there's some incredible digital art, but what's great about it is you can just hit undo and mm -hmm. redo a line if you need to. There's mm -hmm. there's not the same stakes, I guess, um, and I, I don't know. I think it's an absolutely legitimate form of art and people create wonderful things, but the process is definitely different and I think it is also a lot more accessible to a lot of people, which is sure. why we have a much bigger volume of art. But anyway, yeah. that's for another day, but <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Fun. So many, yeah. so many different rabbit trails and conversations. <laughs> but man, um, yeah, I just want to go look at a lot more sculpture too. Yeah. I have a list that we didn't get to, but that's fine. We can have Alex come back. We might have back. to have sculpture part two. <laughs> yeah. There's yes. definitely, yeah, a lot of amazing sculpture that we haven't talked about. And and I think something I was thinking about was, like, how much it's changed. Um, mm -hmm. Like, sculpture is still a medium, but now it's so different. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm thinking of... Well, things things in the organic world, so if it's a tree, if it's a person the level of like technique and time in order to recreate those things is just infinitely higher. Yeah, so and true. So yeah. when you step into other mediums, it's like there's a funny kind of silly example, but there was this artist who took a toilet and he like broke it and stacked it weird mm. and said it was art. And we had this long discussion on <laughs> whether this thing was art, yeah, you know, yeah. And, but you can take something like that and he could, you know, change the portions of everything and we mm -hmm. can't say it was bad or anything right now because we have mm. no reference to compare it to mm. what's what's a good one look like, what's a perfect one look like. Huh, interesting. So, That's a good point. Anything yeah. in the organic. I never thought about that. Anything, in, like, mm. even for me, so I'll doodle and draw little stuff. Anything organic, I almost don't want to touch at all because I'll you draw a tree. Yeah. And then you look at one outside and say, man, I'm terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't do that. Uh, yeah. it's, that yeah. It doesn't do it justice, right? right. So mm -hmm. the organic, what we actually see because you have a reference for it, is very difficult. Mm. But That's the true. inorganic, so even a house. A house for me is much easier to draw mm. because there's square, there's straighter lines, there's like things that you can follow, you know. There's yeah. rules already set in place. Every tree is different. So there isn't like a, oh, they all bend this way. And mm -hmm. like, right, right, right. So it, your brain just kind of goes, how do you even, I don't know. Yeah, so how do you capture that It's more that difficult. Tree. People can do it. It's totally possible. It's just out of my realm. Wow. <laughs> so anyways, it's fun. Getting close to an hour. We are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, still too many thoughts. It's okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll just have to come back to it. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah, this was really fun. I think just learning, like, I love that just this one statue was like a window into history mm -hmm. and into such an interesting part of history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about ancient Greek gyms. That's really <laughs> cool. Can we please get a gym? I don't actually know if I want a gym library. Mm. Would I use it? 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, we'll find out. it's just such an interesting window into, into history and just, yeah. Yeah. People's yeah. lives. So thank you so much, Alex. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Fun. All right. <laughs> well, thanks everybody. Yep. See you next week. Bye.